Welcome to the Let's Get Real podcast with Justin and Trisha Davis. Honest conversations about life, love, and leadership. So welcome. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Let's Get Real podcast with Justin and Trisha Davis. It is episode 15, and today we are getting real about friendship. And more specifically, we're going to be talking about why friendship is so hard and why we really struggle with it. Um, even though we're connected with one another, we're really disconnected in so many ways. And so we're going to hopefully provide some hope and some next steps you can take in your relationships. But before we get to that, we want to invite you to a very special evening. Thursday, April 6th, we're hosting our next Marriage Masterclass. And the theme or the topic of that night is Beyond Roommates, Developing a Deeper Connection in Your Marriage. And we're going to be joined by a good friend of ours, Jackie Brewster. Jackie and her husband, Stephen, live in Nashville. And uh, Stephen and I were on staff together at Crosspoint for, for many years. And Jackie just came out with her second book. It's called The Enneagram and Your Marriage. And it's a phenomenal seven-week workbook. Uh, but Jackie is going to spend the evening with us, helping us develop a deeper connection in our marriage and really overcoming communication barriers and trying to help us understand our spouse in a different way. And so it's going to be a great night. You can go to refineus.org slash masterclass to register. It's absolutely free. And you can also check out the show notes. There's a link there as well. But invite a friend, uh, send the link to a friend, have them join you. Uh, It's just going to be an incredible evening, absolutely free, Thursday, April the 6th at 8 p.m. Well, without any further delay, welcome to episode 15 of the Let's Get Real podcast. So today, Justin, we are talking about friendships and we knew that this podcast was happening. What I didn't know was happening is that you would go to my counseling appointment today with me. I have been seeing my counselor, Stephanie. She's amazing uh, for, I don't know, about a year now. And she asked for Justin to come. And so he did. And we ended up talking about friendships. So I'm not really sure. Are we ditching what we thought we were talking about or... You know, it's so funny that you say that because as I was walking into the office where we're recording the podcast, I just thought, you know what? I don't know how this is going to go coming out of this counseling <laughs> session because <laughs> we we talk about let's get real, but we just got real for an hour and yes. it, it could have gone on longer. She was like rushing us out the door. She was like, okay, you guys are done. <laughs> uh, and uh, I, don't, I won't even, I'll give you guys uh, the over under. You can guess the over under on how many times Trish and I cried. Uh, during the counseling session. Um, but we are getting real today about friendship and really, oh, not even just friendship, but just um, if you're an adult, uh, how friendship is hard. And if you're an adult that has a smartphone or you're an adult that has the internet uh, or any type of social media, friendship is just complicated in our culture. And if you're a follower of Jesus, it doesn't necessarily make it any easier. Um, and with COVID and all the other things that have been kind of thrown into our culture over the last couple of years, um, man, it, I think we just need to really get to have an honest conversation and not only about why friendship is hard, but mm-hmm. then how we can take steps toward God and toward one another in this area. Well, I think one of the questions that we have talked about, even like with our adult kids, with um, our daughter who's in middle school, who is not yet on social media, and I know, it's tough times. But, like, what defines as relationships? Because I think I do have great friends that are on social media, and um, I love 
following them when I actually get on social media. <laughs> I love keeping up with them and learning from them. But of those friendships that have been cultivated, I think our friendship would look completely different if we lived in the same city and we experienced, you know, lunch together or so I don't think it's like throw the baby out with the bathwater type thing. But don't you think that these type of friendships, when they're the only type of friendships we have in our life, it becomes really lonely? Absolutely. I mean, there's so many studies that, you know, kind of support this idea that we've never been more socially connected and yet relationally isolated than in, in human history. And mm-hmm. really the, the more that we lean into social media and the more that we make that our only point of connection, uh, the more disappointed we get, the more isolated we feel, the more lonely uh, and depressed, you know, depression that we experience. And so, um, you know, there's this, there's this meme. I wish that this was a, a video podcast cause I would put it up on the screen. Uh, but then since there isn't, I'll just describe it for you. But there, one of my favorite memes of all time is this meme of Jesus at the last supper. Oh, yeah. Um, and it basically just says, so I'm, I'm going to get it, get it wrong, but this is kind of the gist of it. It basically just says the greatest miracle that Jesus ever performed uh, wasn't water into wine or walking on water. It was being in his early 30s with 12 close friends. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's true. I mean, I think, you know, when we think about trying to cultivate and maintain friendship in the pace of our life and um, just the um, the busyness of life and then how we settle so often for um, superficial connection rather than deep, meaningful friendship. I, I know just from pe- speaking from personal experience, um, friendship is, is kind of one of, not kind of, it is the hardest thing for me personally to try to build and maintain. Yeah. I mean, this is one of the things that we talked about, uh, with my counselor today is Justin and I are very different in how we approach friendships and one's not better over the other, as we've kind of discovered today, which I knew this about myself, but I think my friends would, you know, rally for me that, I don't know, like once I meet you, we're like friends for life. And I want to know, how are you doing? And I want to, you know, know, how are your kids doing? But you can't do that with everybody. And so for me, because I'm wired that way, one, I I end up spreading myself too thin But then two, I have these unspoken expectations of what our friendship will flourish into. And when it doesn't, I'm super disappointed and mostly disappointed in myself. Hmm. For you, when you enter into relationship, you're on like the extreme opposite. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, why do maybe you can explain to I mean, because there's people listening that are going to be like, oh, Justin, you're you are so my jam. Like, I'm just wired like you. Well, I'm not saying this to I'm not saying this to have pity on myself. And I'm not saying this to discount or disqualify any friend that I have or that I've ever had. Um, But there's been several times over the last year since since Hope City has closed that I've literally sometimes in tears, sometimes in passing, sometimes it was in a deep conversation, just said to Trish, like, why doesn't anyone want to be my friend? You know? And, and so I think there is this aspect of, I, I moved 17 times from the time I was like five years old until I was 18 years old. 
Um, my parents never, we never had a lot of money. And so we didn't own a house the entire time I was growing up. And so my parents would rent houses and they would either run out of money to pay for the house or we would get evicted or the owner would sell the house. And so we would just move and move and move. We moved 17 times all in the same town. Um, but trans transient relationships were kind of the norm, uh, for me. And so that just kind of became a, a way of, of viewing friendships. And then when Trish and I got married and we started out in ministry, we were at our first ministry for a year. We were at our second ministry for 15 months. We were at our third ministry for three years. We were at our fourth ministry for 12 months. And so in that time, we moved from Illinois to Ohio, from Ohio to Illinois, from Illinois to Indiana, from Indiana to Tennessee, and from Tennessee back to Indiana. And so that was in the first seven years of our marriage. And so I got into this mode because I was, I was gaining a whole new group of friends Mm -hmm. in the next ministry. Right. And, and I was being paid to be their friend and I was being paid to be their spiritual leader. And so once that ministry ended, I had to go be friends with other people. And, and over the course of time, what has happened is I, not, not intentionally, but I think sometimes unintentionally, um, friendships have become transactional, mm-hmm. right? Like they're just something that I do because it's a part of my job. And, um, and so we we were t- kind of talking about that in our, um, in our counseling session today. And, and Trish loves wholeheartedly and she's all in on every relationship. <laughs> and I'm, I, I, I love people and I like people and I'm friends with people, but then I'm on to the next thing. And that's what's made, I think, this this past year so lonely for me personally is because when the church closed, most of my friends were associated with the church. Now, I have friends. We've lived here for eight years, and then total we've lived here for like 16 years. Yeah. Um, you know, we've been back and forth between here and Nashville uh, during that time. But So I have relationships, but we're talking about like deep friendships where – one person isn't in it to gain gain something out of it, right? Both people, there's a mutual investment. And I think that's what I've really struggled with defining and kind of owning over the last year of, okay, what does that even look like for me in this season of life? And I think people listening, while they may not have the backdrop of, you know, being a pastor, you know, whatever field you are in, a lot of, I've heard the, um, you know, my brother has used this before that he has a a work wife, you know, like we have relationships that are carved out through what we do in our professions. I have a work wife too. It's uh, (laughs) it's also my real wife. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, it puts us in proximity to people. And so I think there are seasons. I've been talking to some of my friends who are in my season where we have, you know, kids have flown the coop and they're adulting now. And we don't have a lot of friends that we talk about this. It's It's been a lonely season in different ways. But when our kids were little, we had like preschool co-ops and there were natural rhythms to relationships. And just like how you found that within church culture, I think many of us find that in those different rhythms of both season of life, um, proximity to people. If you are a, a nurse and you're doing 12 hour shifts with your crew, like 
there, that proximity changes how we view friendships. But what we've come to understand that those oftentimes can be transactional. And so what we want to, you know, talk about in our time today of like laying the groundwork that one, relationships are hard. Mm -hmm. uh, Two, we all approach relationships in different ways. I think the question is, what is a healthy relationship? Like what is friendship? What you've just kind of articulated really um, is is a great segue into uh, what I want to mention. Scott Sauls is a pastor in Nashville um, at Christ Presbyterian Church or Christ Mm Presbyterian, yeah, yeah, Christ Presbyterian Church. And he's also an author of many books, but one of the books he authored recently is a book called Befriend. And in the book, he talks in the book about um, authentic friendships and he outlines three artificial forms of friendship. The first we talked about digital friendship. Yeah. And that's, you know, obviously, you know, you say to me all the time, Hey, who is so-and-so? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know why you're like, well, you're friends with them on Facebook. Listen, <laughs> I read an article that Brad Pitt has like that lack of face recognition that I do. So like even, you know, famous people, but I am, I, am, I am friends with people on Facebook that I, that I have never met and that it's I will true. probably have never meet. Uh, we have, let's say we have 18 friends in common. And so they send me a friend request and I accept it. Mm-hmm. So the digital friendship, we mentioned this transactional friendship and transactional friendships. Um, they treat people as a means to an end. And, and this really came up for me in the process of COVID. Um, I was in a counseling session, not with your counselor, <laughs> with my counselor. And which, by the way, my counselor quit. <laughs> and Sorry, that's not funny. And so on our last session, we walk, I walked in and he's like, hey, um, this is our last session. And I said, am I better? <laughs> and, and he's like, no, you're still really messed up. But I'm quitting. I don't think he said No, that. he did. He did. He said, you know, you're really messed up. He's like, but I am quitting. And I said, I am so messed up. I've caused you to retire. <laughs> like I have forced you out of my... My uh, emotional issues have forced you into retirement. And uh, I said, I am paying you to be my friend and you're even quitting on me. That's how much of abandonment issues I have. But one of the things he said to me as I was really navigating and digging into this aspect of just why friendship is so hard for me is he said, Justin, he said, if you need people to feel good about you, you're always going to use them. And it was just this epiphany for me that um, I had to go back and kind of unpack why what what my motivation was for relationships it was am I being friends with you to feel better about me or you know or, or is it a status thing for me or is it just to actually just be in a God honoring relationship because community is biblical and so that's transactional friendship and the last one you just mentioned is one-dimensional and that's that mothers of preschool group. That's that, you know, we all, we, we, but we have kids on the same soccer team. Yeah. And so once that dimension of your life ends and your kids yeah. don't play soccer anymore, you're never friends with the people that you sat every single Saturday frying on the soccer field with. <laughs> right. And so you have to be able to move beyond those three false artificial forms of friendship and really dig into what true God honoring friendship is. My counselor has just said something so profound, and I'm, I'm sure she got this from some, you know, theory or in her, in her own studies. Um, but 
that like if you drew a bullseye, the different rings of a bullseye, you have the center and then you have the rings that, you know, grow outer and outer in the way that I'm wired your most precious relationships are the bullseye. So this, you know, could be, um, you know, your kids, your spouse, your, you know, maybe childhood friend that you've stayed besties with. My problem is I try to put everybody in that ring and it's too crowded and it, and I, I can't do it. And then I'm always like sad that people are on, you know, outer rings. My friend Eve, she has like a saying, I always mess it up, shocking, but like you have, um, like VIPs in your life. And there's a reason, you know, between that, those circles, that bullseye of how there's people that have different proximity to you, but they're still in the bullseye of friendship. Like you can still be friends with people, but their proximity and the way that you engage them will differ. And, you know, when you think about Jesus's life, he had the 12 disciples but then his his circle got even smaller. Right. And I, and I believe that Jesus was giving us an indication that in order for us to have those <clears throat> rich friendships, we can honor those seasons of life with people. Some of my favorite people have come out of um, a, a season of life that may have felt transactional or in fact you and I just went to uh, breakfast last weekend with Gary and Dre and we met Gary and Andrea at our very first youth ministry or church ministry they were the only couple our age in the entire church and they walked in the first week and we said hey you guys are not only you're going to go to church here you're going to be our best friends and we've stayed connected with them right I, I don't think that we're not talking about not being connected and I think or not, not being in relationship. But I think there is this aspect of biblical community where you're sharing life with one another mm-hmm. and you're going through messy the messiness of divorce or the messiness of the loss of a loved one or the messiness of the illness of a child. And that that space can't be reserved for everyone. Yeah. And I think what has happened is the more I, isolation is the enemy of transformation. Right. The more isolated that we become, the less and less um, potential we have to actually transform because God places people in our life to challenge us and to 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 get to know us so that they can, you know, bring the best out of us. And there's that that passage in Hebrews that says, um, do not neglect meeting together and spur one another on. So there's this this imagery that as we meet together, we have proximity with one another to be able to speak into one another's life and say, Hey, that's amazing. Or, Hey, you you know, you shouldn't talk to your wife like that. Like there's, but the more isolated that we become and the less, um, proximity we have to people, the less intimacy we experience in relationships and it all becomes surface level. And so we, we lose the ability to see blind spots or to have blind spots called out. And then we don't, we don't understand why we struggle with the same things or that we do feel lonely or or whatever. So we've kind of defined the two different people in this space, the all in (laughs) and the all out. Trisha with healthy friendships, (laughs) me sucky. No, not, no, no, no. I I mean, I I have really, I I feel like as I talk, if I have friends that are listening to this, (laughs) they're like, so Justin doesn't think he's friends with me. That, that, no, this I, isn't about it's what other people. It's a different type of intentionality. This is not w- about what other people are to me. 
Correct. This is about how I relate in friendship to other people. Yes. And, and that's what I think if you're thinking about other people in your life and, and what they're doing wrong (laughs) to being your friend, that's not the point of this. The point of this podcast and to talk about why friendship is hard is to identify the things in our hearts that are holding us back from becoming the types of friends that are life-giving and that are non-transactional and that are lifelong and that are disciple-making. So let's let's go there. And we laugh because you are being incredibly hard on yourself with that. But the same is true in kind of what I got called out in, in a very loving, gentle way today in my counseling session is that being all in is not always healthy. That that model of my expectations of how a friendship will return what I think I'm giving can be a really unhealthy place to be. So it creates codependency. A hundred percent or just unmet expectations. It may be unfair expectations. So in that knowledge, was I just trying to call you codependent? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's fine. I'll take the passive aggressiveness. Uh, well, let's kind of like, okay. So we wrote down some things that we just feel like are ingredients to healthy, healthy friendships. And we'll just kind of talk about them as we, as we, we're not there. This isn't like a, this isn't a linear thing. This isn't step one, step two. Well, um, I mean, that's if you've been around this podcast, we, we don't really put a bow on anything. So you'll probably be like, I need more and that's totally okay, but we got to start somewhere. Yeah. So intentionality, you cannot have healthy friendships unless you're intentional. And that's kind of the mantra of our book It's the mantra of any, any good relationship uh, is going to have good, not just good intentions because we don't have the quality of our late, our relationships isn't a reflection of our intentions. It's a collection of our choices. And so your the choices that you make to carve out time to, um, you know, to spend time being a friend and with friends is mm-hmm. going to determine the quality of friendship that you have. Yeah. And you know, I have a friend who, thank God, he is relentless. He pursues me all the time. Yeah. And he'll text me and go, you want to go to the Pacers game? <laughs> and I'll say to Trish, oh, I don't feel like driving downtown. I don't want to get dressed. I don't want to be out late. I'm like, and, dude, and then going. I'm like, I'm going to go put on my jersey <laughs> and I'm going to go sit on the ninth row. And, and then you get there and I get this picture of you with the like pointer finger foam thing on your hand <laughs> and you're like all in. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's one of those things where I'm thankful that I have friends that are intentional mm-hmm. and that helped help me be intentional. Mm-hmm. And I think that is something that I want to grow in. I want to grow in intentionally thinking about other people and how can I include them. And so if you're struggling with loneliness, if you're struggling with not feeling like you have any good friends, doing what you're doing now is not going to increase the quality of your friendships. You're going to have to do something different. And you can start small, like a Pacers game or wherever you live in the world and are listening what is kind of that one next step? And just commit to it. Uh, I have my friend Lori. We've been friends since she was like a baby. She was so young. And we still get together. And our thing is sushi. We eat sushi together. And we we take forever. And it's awesome. And we catch up on all the things. But we leave there being so just feeling invested in and loved. And you know what? We don't always, it's not consistent, which is not a good thing. 
but we are intentional, like intentional of trying to make it happen. And so it just starts. So what's one thing that you, one person that you could reach out to today to, to be intentional? Uh, the next would be vulnerability that if you want to really have quality friendships, the pathway to authentic friendship is vulnerability. <laughs> Why are we both laughing? One, I think because you and I are probably too vulnerable. Welcome to the <laughs> Let's Get Real podcast. But how do you know somebody's safe to be vulnerable? Because that, that kind of feels scary that, you know, you just don't tell anybody your stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's really why I'm not vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I don't have any friends. No, um, I, I, you know, there's this passage in James that I, that I go back to all the time um, when I'm really struggling being vulnerable in the context of friendship because it says, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other. And what gets cut out of that verse oftentimes is there's a translation, the New Living Translation says, make this, make this your common practice. Confess your sins to one another and pray for each other. And then what I love about it is it doesn't say that you might be forgiven Mm -hmm. because it's Jesus that does the forgiving, but it says that you would be healed. And so it's this indication that there is a cathartic, there's a healing process that takes place when we're vulnerable enough to admit our deepest sins to another person. And Quite honestly, it's it's one of the things I appreciate about the Catholic faith. There is that that you know that um, practice of mm. confession, right? It's built into the rhythm of the Catholic, you know, faith. And as as a you know Protestant, as as evangelicals, we don't necessarily. I mean, there's people you know you have altar calls, but you know, or you go and nail something to the cross on a you know on a decision Sunday or something like that. But I think there is this. Uh, practice that Jesus wanted us to take on where we are vulnerable enough to say, here's what I'm struggling with. Mm -hmm. And whatever you're struggling with loses, loses some power over you when another person, when you invite another person, you trust another person enough Mm -hmm. to share that. Something I've learned over the past 25 years of adulting is my college roommates. um, We have stayed connected all these years and we used to do a really good job of like creating girls trips and then life happened and more life happened more life happened but what we have learned over the past 25 years is really that confession in friendship of how we show up in it and it's been so powerful um one of my my girls is she is a you know she has her master's degree in counseling and so I could call her and she would have all the knowledge that I would need from her, but she does such a beautiful job of showing up as my friend and not as a counselor. But at the same time, there's times where I've called and I'm like, Jody, I need you. I need you to put your counseling hat on. And the same has been true um, as a pastor. My crew has called and said, Hey, this is like, we're, we're struggling. Can you help me? It's just been this beautiful give and take. Now we don't see each other often. Um, but the intentionality of being vulnerable with each other just creates this safe space and it, there's power in that. Well, our greatest desire God places in us is to be known. And our greatest fear is that we won't be loved. And so what happens so often is, 
especially in friendship, is we think to ourselves, well, if that person knows this about me, they may not love me. And so we only offer the surface level parts of our heart and then don't understand why we don't have deep and life changing Mm -hmm. relationships. And so there is a risk in being vulnerable. I don't know if you've ever been in a small group environment where the oversharer is the guest of honor that week and they've been (laughs) in the group, you know, they've been in the group all of two hours and they come in and they just share every intimate detail of their life and it's way too much information all at once and it's repellent, right? But then you have, uh, if you have a group of people that have been together and there's appropriate vulnerability shared, the predominant feeling or thought is, oh, I'm not alone. Yeah. Right. And that feeling of me too um, is a powerful um, acceptance and it brings transformation through that vulnerability. I think another thing that we've learned and you and I equally suck at this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad that uh, you're putting me on your level. Is being consistent. And it's, it's hard. I, I have friends that are so good at this and I, I am not, I'm just like, if, again, that's why I was such a great friend in those seasons of life where I had proximity, because if you, you know, if I see you, I'm all in, but if you're out of sight, out of mind, I have to work really hard to be like, oh man, I haven't called so-and-so. I need to reach out to her and be like, Hey, I want to see your face. Um, inconsistency is, I mean, really, like you said, the friend that calls you all the time has been a game is he has been a game changer in your life. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you are involved in a local church and this has been our struggle because we're coming up on a year of, since the closing of the, our, of Hope City, of our church that we started, um, if you're new to the podcast, go back and listen to (laughs) episode one and two. Um, and it's been hard for us to find a home church. Um, and we're not in a small group. And so there are rhythms and there are, um, there are systems that are built in Christianity if you're a part of a local church to help facilitate that consistency. And so I think that's been part of our, our struggle the last year is, and that why that we've lacked that consistency is because the structures that we have relied on have, yeah. haven't been there. Well, and it is the elephant in the room. It's the elephant in the room that probably a majority of people listening, regardless if you're a high schooler or you're, you know, in your 80s, we get to this place where we're like, I'm done trying. <laughs> I don't want to make new friends. I, I was talking to a friend of mine. She's like, I don't want to make new friends. I don't want to be in another small group. And that there is truth to that. Like it's hard. Well, and the older you get, the more wounds you accumulate and the more cynical you become. And you're like, I don't know. I just want, I'm going to be disappointed again. Like, why am I going to go invest in these people? And, and, or I'm going to let people down depending on how, how friendship has gone for you in the past. And so I can't encourage you enough. And I basically am, am (laughs) preaching to myself right now that, you know, consistency is going to facilitate intimacy. It's going to help you feel closer just by building that rhythm into your schedule. And, and maybe, you know, to give you a break, Trish, I mean, you said that we suck at it, but like (laughs) we have kids going in all different directions and, uh, you know, we don't, we don't have travel basketball, but we're not lazy. Right. We just, we, it, it, we have not been intentional in ways and it has been hard when you have adult kids. Like uh, I love hanging out with my people, (laughs) but as we kind of close this podcast and like always, we say this often that there's no bow. We're going to leave it a little messy, but 
in essence, you may be thinking, okay, you guys have said friendship is hard and it, you know, even over the years, it's hard to be intentional and all of these things. So why chase after friendship? And the reality is you guys, we need each other. We, we, we need to show up for each other and it, it, we only learn how to be better friends by being a friend. And yeah. there's a lot of grace, a lot of forgiveness, a lot of like, I'm really sorry. I didn't know how to hold space for you in this. Um, but there, there is just, God knew that we would need each other. And there's a, an element of faith and trust in God that he knew what he was doing when he created us for community. We become the best versions of ourselves when we allow other people to speak into our life and to be friends. And, you know, as I think about all of the defining moments of our life, whether that be the birth of kids, whether that be the implosion of our marriage, whether that be the closing of the church or the loss of my dad or whatever that boom, whatever that that one thing was what has consistently been there has been people. Yeah. There've been people at our house to bring us meals. When our kids were born, there were people to surround us in, in my darkness and in your grief, when our marriage imploded, there were people that brought us cards and food and, and loved on us mm. when the church closed. Like, and even in the light stuff, when our kids got engaged or got married, like in the fun things too. When Isaiah was playing in the sectional finals, we had, you know, 40 friends in the stands yeah. to watch him. And, yeah. and, and so I think if you look back over the course of your life, hopefully you see those moments of people that have helped shape you into who you are. And so if you're struggling with friends or you're feeling lonely, don't try to figure it all out at once. Find one yeah. person and go to coffee. Go to my counselor. She's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you do, though, don't DM somebody on Instagram and don't 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 uh, substitute text messaging for authentic conversation. Like sit face to face with someone, mm -hmm. and not just FaceTime, but face to face, knee to knee, eye to eye, and allow that person to pour into you and you pour into that person. And and that is what that's where authentic friendship begins. Well, guys, thanks so much for joining us for episode 15 of the Let's Get Real podcast. Don't forget, join us on Thursday, April the 6th at 8 p.m. Eastern for our marriage masterclass, Beyond Roommates, Discovering a Deeper Connection in Your Marriage. Jackie Brewster is going to be joining us, and it is going to be an incredible evening. It's absolutely free. Go to refineus.org slash masterclass, or you can check out the show notes. Until next time, 